welcome, peeps. Welcome, homies. Welcome, friends. <laughs> welcome. This is uh, episode number 11 of Hauntings and Booze. I'm Ari. And I'm Natalie. And today, we're going to be taking you to, through a mini-series. Actually, I don't know if it's a mini-series. I don't think it's, it's a mini-series. It's kind of like a mini-series. It's going to be little episodes of different series based on this subject. So, mm-hmm. kind of like mini-series. Okay. So Mini-episodes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're going through the most haunted hotels from around the globe. And would you stay? Yay or nay? (laughs) Exactly. That's what we want to (laughs) know. So today we are drinking a little Malibu. Boo, like B-O-O, boo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, play on words. Coconut rum, (laughs) lemonade, and a splash of grenadine. Of course, on the rocks. Yes. Wouldn't have it any other way. So cheers to that. All right. Okay. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's good. It's good. A little sweet you for can't me, but go it's wrong good. With Malibu. No, but it's a little sweet, but it's fine. So, since we're talking about hotels and stuff, we have stayed at um, Lizzie Borden's and Captain Grant's. Mm-hmm. And those both kind of felt different for me. Like Lizzie Borden, we d- I did have an experience there with uh, LK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who you are, LK. LK, you remember. <laughs> We were uh, chilling in the room, and you and Babs went out to the bathroom. And we were all in the same room, and you guys left, and the bathroom was on the other side. Mm-hmm. So you guys left, and we're in, in waiting in the room. And then all of a sudden, the door that leads to, to the bathroom, right? right? Outside the room. Right. The knob started turning. Mm. And I remember telling LK, check out the knob. <laughs> And she's looking at it, and we're, it's turning, and we're laughing because we're thinking it's you guys on the other side. Right. So we're like, okay. I go up to the door, and I pull it quick. I'm like, all right, cut the shit, and no one was there. Mm-hmm. I remember that. You're yeah. telling us that. Yeah, that was that was the only thing I really experienced there. Experienced and there. And the picture, too. Which, oh, yes, yeah. the picture. Well, Don't forget the picture. That's another whole story. We definitely have to post that, though. We, we are, and we'll talk about the Lizzie Borden house another time. Yeah, yeah. Don't give it away. It's for another episode. <laughs> it's for another episode, but we'll post that picture because that was creepy as shit. Yeah. So. And. And then for me, um, I have never been there, but one of my picks, um, there's this old English village, and I don't know if it's Clophill or Clophill. It's C L O P H I L L. So I think it's Clofill, but I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but it's a very old abandoned church that's there. Um, and I mean old. It was built like in 1350. And it's called St. Mary. The, yeah, it's pretty freaking old. <laughs> and it's called St. Mary the Virgin. Now, there's no services there anymore. Um, there used to be, obviously, years and years ago. But the locals believe that the church is actually haunted by Satan himself. The devil? The devil. So I would definitely get a tent, go sit outside, sleep over, you know, take some pictures, uh, check it out. And again, there's tons of stories from the locals. And the whole thing is, which I didn't know this, so apparently because the altar of the church faces the southern direction towards hell, I had no idea if it faces the south, it's actually towards hell, especially with churches. Um, so churches are supposed to face the eastern direction. Supposed to? Are all churches facing these? I don't know. This is what they're saying about this particular church, that it hmm. should have been facing the eastern direction. So when churches are built, this is what I read during my research, that they're supposed to face the eastern direction, which according to Christian beliefs is the direction of the heavens and the coming of the Messiah, a.k.a. Christ himself. There you go. So because this one is facing the southern direction, um, they're saying basically it's it's connected to Satan. 
or just random or, mistakes. I, <laughs> or, or a really bad architect. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oops, oh well. <laughs> so there have been tons of sightings, though, of apparitions. Um, they say there's a very... Uh, you can feel it, like a satanic presence. So I'm like, and I'm not going to go into this whole story of the church because that's not what this um, episode is about. But this is definitely on my list. I would totally pack it up and go over to uh, this little English village and check it out. So yeah, and then we could ask them how to pronounce the town name too. Yeah, is it Clopilla Clofield? Clofield. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that. It sounds more British, Clofield. 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 See, either way, you're. Yeah. <laughs> the clapper i don't know whatever but yeah we gotta we gotta definitely check it out so um yeah and uh, i am gonna talk about hotel cecil in mm. la oh yeah so i'm gonna get into that and like i said there's gonna be i think six more um really haunted hotels around the world that we found where there's so much information and at first i was like oh i'm gonna talk about all of them and after doing the research i'm like it'll take five hours to get through it yeah so we're not gonna talk about all of them in one shot you'll have to wait to hear the rest one that we have one. one by one the rest that we have on our list so let's get into the hotel cecil or cecil Cecil. Cecil mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. So first of all, this opened up in 1927 and it was actually 14 floors with 700 rooms. Wow. So for anyone, you've seen American Horror Story mm -hmm. and it was based, what do they call it? The Cortez? I believe so. So the Cortez was actually based on this hotel. Okay. okay which I didn't realize. Um, so it was downtown Los Angeles on Skid Row. Uh, just a you know not that great of an area a lot of homeless at the time and even now i don't think it's that great of an area skid row yeah, i doubt it yeah so but it opened up in uh, 1927 and like i said there were 14 floors 700 rooms and it was mainly for travelers people in the middle class who kind of needed somewhere to stay and then go on with their travels. So That's... it wasn't like a luxury hotel? No, 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 not by any means. So yeah. now since it's opening in 1927, there have been 16 deaths 12 of those thought to be suicide. Wow. So that's a lot of, of just haunted history alone in that location. Um, there have been supposed sightings of shadows and noises and weird things happening in the hotel. Um, but for me personally, I was like, you know, it may not be all paranormal. These are actual historical facts, things that happen to people at this hotel. But what makes people, and I'm going to go through each victim, mm -hmm. but what makes people either commit suicide or the murder, the murders that happened on this particular site? So that for me is very, very intriguing. Yeah. So, totally. and on top of that, some of the most notorious killers in American history have spent a couple of nights at this hotel as well. Pretty awesome. And we're going to talk about who. Actually, I mean, there's two. I don't two. know about awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Woohoo. Like, <laughs> Woohoo. Killers. <laughs> yes. We love killers. No, I'm kidding. So, um, yeah. So there's two specifically. But first, let's talk about these these uh, unfortunate victims. So the first one was actually when it opened, 1927. Uh, he was 52 years old and his name was Percy Ormond Cook. So he shot himself in the head after failing to reconcile with his wife and child. So mm. he was trying to get back with the wife, wasn't working. He went to the hotel and shot himself. And okay. I'm always like, why? Why that hotel? You know what I mean? To go, but who knows? Maybe he needed a random place to do it. Maybe he was kind of contemplating. Yeah, maybe it was a convenient place for him and just to get away a little bit. And then who knows what happened in there, overthinking. And Yeah, so he ended up shooting himself. 
Then fast forward to 1931, another suicide. So this guy's name was W.K. Norton, and he was 46 years old. He committed suicide by ingesting poisonous capsules. Hmm. Now, they never found any letters or anything like that. And that's the thing when they say, well, he committed suicide. Some of these you're like, did they? Was it really that way? So this one, quite possibly so. I mean, he ingested poison capsules, but that's what it was ruled as a, hmm. a suicide. And he was 46. The next one was in 19. No, yeah. Sorry, were these in um, different rooms? They, you know what? I couldn't find which room some of them have, just a couple of them, the room number or the floor they were on, but they were not all in the same room. Okay. Because that would have been like crazy. Okay, we've got to check this room out. I'm breaking in. I'm going to spend the night in that damn room. I don't care. But I don't know. You'd probably do that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, I do not think they were all in the same room. Definitely not. Um, so then in 1934, this 25-year-old by the name of Benjamin Dodick, gunshot to the head. Killed himself. Shot himself. Okay. Again, killed himself. No note yeah. or anything like that. Uh, then in 1937, there was a Sergeant Louis D. Borden. This guy was 53 years old mm -hmm. and he was actually a former army medic. So um, he had sent several notes to his family and he cited poor health as his reason. He actually slashed his throat with a razor. Wow, what a way to do it yourself. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, that's like, ow. And, and I get it, he sent the notes saying he was in poor health. And again, I was trying to look up, you know, um, autopsy reports, what disease did he have? What was, so I couldn't find a lot of this information. Um, and maybe I was, you know, looking in the wrong places, but I was trying to find um, some of the maybe autopsy reports. I'm like, did he even have an autopsy? It was 1937, right? So then the next one was 1938. This, this lady was actually 25 years old. Her name was Grace E. Magro. Mm -hmm. And this is still a mystery. They actually never ruled it as a suicide or an accident. So wow. there's some of them where they just don't know. So with her, she fell from the ninth story window and her fall was broken by telephone wires which were wrapped around her body. Oh shit. Yeah, and she later died. She didn't die instantly, so she later died at the now demolished Georgia Street Receiving Hospital. Hmm. And they don't know. They're like, did she jump? Was or did pushed? somebody push her? Was it an accident? You know, and this again was the ninth story window. So she was 25? 25 years old. Wow. And again, no notes or anything like that. Just for me, very suspicious. What is going on in this hotel? Exactly. Exactly. Like you check in and, oh, would you like the suicide package? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's really bad. And then there were actually two deaths that took place in 1939. Because if you, as we go on, you'll see like three years, you know, eight years go by. In 1939, there were two. So the first one was a 35-year-old male by the name of Roy Thompson. And all we know is that he fell from the building. Again, they don't know if he was pushed. They don't know if he jumped. They don't know if he was just, I don't know, pra practicing some stunts and like leaped. They, they have no idea. So again, another one that's totally open. And then uh, again, the same year, 1939, there was a 39-year-old. And these people aren't, you know, they're young people for the most part. Yeah. So this 39-year-old, Erwin C. Neblet, he was a Navy officer who ingested poison in his room. Another poison. Another po and notice, another military person. Yeah. So, um, and he, again, ingested poison. They ruled it as a definite suicide. Wow. Yeah. Um, then 1940, now this lady was 45, Dorothy Seeger. And she was actually a teacher 
Uh, she had checked in with a pseudonym Evelyn Brent. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why she checked in with a fake name. It's a little suspicious. I'm like, was she hiding? Was she, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. So on January 10th, 1940, she ingested poison also. She was found in her room and she died shortly after on January 12th. So like two days later. Did it ever mention what kind of poison? Were they it all doesn't taking the same say. Poison? It says ingested poison pills. Poison pills. I'm like, what kind of freaking poison pills? Is it pills? arsenic? Is it I don't know. It could have been 3,000 different poison. things. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, that's what I mean. Like, I couldn't find specifics. Yeah. Um, so she died on January 12th, and she had actually sent her family a note indicating that she was going to end her life. Oh, okay. So there was a note from her. Okay, so then when you see a note, it's kind of like, I guess, more believable. Um, and then in 1944, now this one, um, it was a 19-year-old girl, 19-year-old, Dorothy Jean Purcell. Now, she was staying at the Cecil with her boyfriend. This guy was a shoe salesman. His name was Ben Levine, and he was 38 years old. Okay. Apparently, she was unaware that she was pregnant, and she went into labor while they were staying at the hotel. She was unaware the She was unaware. She was, I've heard tons of stories where women had no idea, then they go to the bathroom and, boop, baby. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, so, apparently, she was pregnant. She had no idea. She went into labor. But this... this the sweet girl, she didn't want to disrupt her honey's slumber, so she went into the bathroom and gave birth to a baby boy alone because she didn't want to wake up her boyfriend. Wow. Now, thinking that the baby was dead, she threw him out of the window and he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. <laughs> now, I'm like, WTF. I'm like, I don't even know. I have no words for this. And again, it's a 19-year-old, you know, who knows what state of mind she was in. She was charged with murder eventually. Um, Now, three psychiatrists testified that she was mentally confused Mm -hmm. at the time of the incident. A year later, in 1945, she was actually found not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay. Crazy, right? It is. So those were some good freaking attorneys and shrinks that they got. And and again, I'm not saying that the woman should have been in jail forever. Yeah. But uh, again, she was a teenager. She's so she went to the bathroom, popped the baby out, and threw it out I'm the guessing window. Guessing the baby wasn't crying. She's probably blue because it just came out. I I don't know. There's not not much more detail. Cause I'm like, how do you just throw the baby out the window? Well, I guess she didn't even know it was coming. So. <laughs> What is this? Get out of here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm like, when did this guy wake up? Talk about a light sleeper. I mean, a heavy sleeper. Maybe Jeez. he was awake. He was like, shit, I'm going to sleep through this. All right. It's a what. nightmare. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, that was that. And uh, then in 1947, now this guy was 35 years old. Robert Smith was his name. Sounds made up to me, but whatever. Uh, he jumped out of one of the hotel's seventh floor windows. We got a lot of jumpers. Got a lot of jumpers. So it's mm-hmm. like they all go to this hotel to just jump off of it. It's or like ingest poison. Yeah, it's real, or, or shoot themselves. It's one, one of the three. Pick your poison. Um, now, this one in 1954. So we went from 1944, 1947, 1954. Helen Gurner, or Gurney, I'm sorry, Helen Gurney. She was 55. Another jumper. So she jumps out of the seventh floor window and landed on top of the Cecil Hotel's marquee. Oh, and I'm sorry, I just, it reminds you of like one of those cartoons with the coyote and roadrunner. And I'm like, how did you land in the marquee? So now she had been staying at the hotel for one week under the name Margaret Brown. Another one with a pseudonym. Mm. So I'm like, they're going to the hotel, they're staying under different names, they're falling out the window or jumping out the window. It's just... 
These were um, regular. Were they sex workers? Or it doesn't. They... It doesn't say that they were sex workers or anything like that. Um, they just apparently went into the hotel, different names, uh, but nothing about them being sex workers. Okay. So I'm assuming again, I could be wrong that if they were, it would have been noted somewhere, but mm-hmm. I didn't find anything about that. Okay. Yeah. And then in 1962, now this lady was 50 years old. Her name was Julia Francis Moore. She jumped from the window of her eighth floor room, and she landed in a second story um, interior light well of the hotel. Why can't they just hit the ground? I don't. <laughs> just they're all landing on something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have winds. I have no idea what's going on. So and, and I don't know. Is it a rule or something? But how many deaths have to happen before something changes or the hotel gets yeah, shut down? Like gates at the window or some bars, yeah, you know? Yeah, some precaution. Yeah. Like hide the poison. Something. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they got the poison at the hotel, but still. <laughs> So now with this lady, there was no suicide note. Among her possessions, they found a a bus ticket from St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So she had that on her. And she had um, 59 cents in change. And they found an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800. Okay. That's all she had with her that they found in the hotel. So again, I'm like... I just always feel like it's, it's suspicious. They're running from something or someone. They're just trying to hide out there. Yeah, without additional information, it certainly looks that way. It does. It's really tough. And then this one now happened in, uh, the next one was 1962. So now between the two, I think what was the, the one was 1954 and then 1962. Oh, it's actually a second one in 1962. Oh, yeah. So there were two in 1962. Don't tell me it was another jumper. Well, hold on. So <laughs> this one was a young 27-year-old Pauline Auden and George Giannini, who was 65. Uh-huh. And let me explain the story here. Right. So Pauline jumped from the window of her ninth floor room after arguing with her estranged husband, Dewey. So she jumped off after he left. So Dewey leaves the room. Pauline jumps on the window and just pounces out okay she's on the ninth floor on her way down she landed on this poor pedestrian george giannini killing them both instantly oh my god so she jumps and she kills somebody along with her on the way down all for a guy named dewey yes oh (laughs) damn it dewey (laughs) imagine that God, so Dewey. So being there, um, there weren't any witnesses when this happened. Of course, the police come onto the scene and they initially thought that the two had jumped together. They're like, oh, these these two jumped together. Yeah. But after discovering that Giannini's hands, they were actually in his pockets and his shoes were still on, they figured that was not the case. Yeah. Smart. Good detective work. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine jumping out the freaking ninth floor with your hands in your pockets. Yeah, they found his lips in in a whistle form too. (laughs) Such an idiot. (laughs) Oh my God. And this is not funny, guys. We're just trying to make light of the situation. You know, suicide's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So 1964, two years later, uh, this lady, they, they called her Pigeon Goldie Orgood. Why? I'll tell you why. <laughs> and she was 65, and she was a well-known retired telephone operator in her area. So people knew her, um, and apparently she loved to feed the birds in the mm. nearby park, Pershing Square, actually. So that's why they called her uh, Pigeon Goldie. When you said pigeon, I automatically th- thought of that scene from... Uh... 
Home Alone with the crazy lady feeding oh, the Oh, yeah, 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 something like that, right? So, but she was a, a retired telephone operator. Um, she was known in her area. Now, she was found dead in her room. Now, this, this is pretty sad. She was found stabbed, beaten, and raped, 65 years old. Holy shit. Now, her room had been ransacked completely. And like I said before, she earned her nickname Pigeon Goldie because she'd go to the nearby Pershing Square. She loved to feed her little pigeon birds and whatnot. Now, they found in her room her L.A. Dodgers hat. So apparently she always wore this L.A. Dodgers hat. Mm -hmm. And she had a bag full of birdseed. So she was probably planning to go to the park and feed the little birds before, before all the shit took wow. place. Now, hours after the murder, though... This 29-year-old guy by the name of Jacques B. Ellinger, he was seen walking through Pershing Square, right? And that's where she liked to feed her birds, mm -hmm. in bloodstained clothing. He was arrested and charged with Goldie's murder, but was later cleared of the crime. And the murder to this day remains unsolved. Not enough evidence? I guess. It, I couldn't find more. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, how did he get away with it if it was him that did it, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that was pretty sad. And then in 1975, um, they found a 23-year-old. Now, um, to this day, she remains unidentified. They think she was approximately 23 years old. And she had registered by the name Allison Lowell. Mm -hmm. They don't think that was her real name either. Again, somebody else going in with a fake name. Yeah. And this was, uh, I think she had gone in on December 16th, 1975. And she was staying in room 327. So it was the only one I found that actually had the room number. So right. 327. She jumped from her 12th floor window onto the Cecil's second floor rooftop oh on December 20th. So again, she was there from the 16th. All of a sudden on the 20th, she hops up on the windowsill and pops out. There she goes. So uh, again, just strange. And then 1992. Now from 75, it was nice and quiet. Fast forward to 1992. From she, 75 to 92? Yep. Okay. Nothing had happened in between. So it's like, okay, things are looking better. No. So 92, another unidentified victim. Now this was an African-American gentleman. He was between 20 and 30 years old. They're not sure. He was actually found in the alley behind the Cecil. So police say he was either pushed, jumped, or had fallen from the hotel's 15th floor. Oh, my God. Again, what, what's the deal? Was he murdered? Did he commit suicide? And no one knows who the victim is to this day, unidentified. So two so far. Then 92, it's all quiet until 2013. Now, this one, and I know this story I had heard before, but I had no idea it was at this particular hotel. Does the name Alyssa Lamb ring a bell at all? Not really. Okay, so <clears throat> she was a Canadian student. And she was 21 years old. Now, her naked body was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel's oh, roof. okay, yes. Does that? Yes, yeah, yes. so I remember that. I was like, I didn't know it was here. Now, she had gone missing. It was about three weeks earlier. Her decomposing body was discovered by a maintenance worker in one of the rooftop water tanks. My God. Now, how did he find it, do you ask? Mm -hmm. Okay, how well. How did he find it? After, <laughs> after guests had complained about low water pressure and that the water tasted funny, Oof, my God. he went to check it out. And that's where he found this poor girl. Imagine, Ooh. though. Oh, my God. You're going to tell you, like, yeah. it's kind of suffery. What is that? What is this <laughs> it's taste? terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, so video surveillance found shortly before her disappearance shows Alyssa... Um, acting strangely. It shows she was in the elevator. She was pressing multiple elevator buttons. 
Uh, she was waving her, ha her arms around wildly, and she was trying to hide in the corner of the elevator as if she was trying to hide from someone. Yeah. And this caused widespread speculation about the cause of death. Yeah, I remember uh, reading about this one. Yeah, and, and apparently she was thought to have bipolar disorder um, for which she was prescribed various medications, okay? Mm -hmm. So obviously that could have attributed to her death and her odd behavior because if they caught her on camera doing those things, most yeah. likely she may have probably been on something. Right. Um, and then her death later, it was ruled as an accidental drowning. Whether there was just anyone could just get into those water tanks. And... I, you know, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, first of all, how big is it? How deep is it? How yeah. do you, I guess there's a little ladder. Do you climb up it and just jump in? It's not locked or anything. Like what made her say, I'm going to go up to the roof and jump into the water tank. Yeah, what a strange way. I mean, it looks, feels like someone would hide it. I mean, it's a terrible hiding spot right. too, because, but just to go in there yourself. Yeah. That's weird. I thought that, I, this whole freaking thing is weird. Tell me one thing that's not weird in here. Yeah, it's all weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And then um, in 2000. 15 an unidentified male so this guy was not identified unidentified would be same thing so 28 years old <laughs> 28 years old so this was possibly a suicide although a spokesperson for the county coroner informed the la times that the death has yet to be determined so again um they have no idea how this guy died they just found him and i was trying to find like where did they find him you know yeah. was it uh, at a particular room was it out of the building dumpster i don't i don't know but all i know was 2015 and he was 20 years old and they have no idea who the guy is they don't know even how he died no how is that possible i have no idea they just <laughs> found a dead 28 year old yeah well you, you don't medical examiners aren't able to identify how maybe they haven't away. given more information and the only thing i can think of is maybe they're not giving more details because they have an investigation maybe that they're running that they don't want the public to know about Mm, could be possibly you know yeah. who knows but um yeah so those were all the mysterious deaths that took place or suicides or That's a murders lot. or a lot i don't know what you what you can call them and then i had mentioned the serial killers so now the notorious serial killers who stayed there at the cecil uh this was in the mid 1980s if anyone remembers richard ramirez uh -oh, the night stalker the night stalker so he was considered one of the deadliest killers in American history. So he would return to the hotel after a killing, leaving his blood-soaked clothes in the dumpster behind it. And then he would walk into the hotel and he was either in his underwear or he was completely butt-ass naked. Hmm. And he would just walk back in totally unbothered by the hotel staff. Perfectly normal. Totally normal. I'm like, how long did it take you guys to catch him? Like... <laughs> They were probably so terrified of even telling anybody. Fucking bloodied guy, naked guy walking through here. He's just streaking through the freaking lobby. Just casually walking. And he, and he stayed there for like, it was either several days or several weeks, but he was there um, for a good portion. I forgot what month, you know, I didn't write it down. My apologies, mm. but it was in the mid 1980s. But he wasn't there for like a night. Yeah. He was there for several nights and they saw this. He found a good hotel. Yeah, hotel. he sure freaking did. You know, and who knows, maybe he knew the sordid past and he's like, oh, this is perfect. No one's yeah. going to bother me. Maybe he did killings there too, right? Who knows? I, I have no idea. We don't know. And then in 1991, another serial killer, and this guy's name is Jack Unter, Unterweger. He became a resident in the hotel years after already being convicted of murder in Austria. So he was from Austria. So in 1976, he had been convicted of murders there. 
comes over to the U.S. and decides to stay at this particular hotel. Mm -hmm. Now, during his stay at the Cecil, he allegedly killed three sex workers wow. while he was there. Yeah, I haven't heard of this guy. Yeah, so, and he was convicted of the murders and found dead in June of 1994. So they convicted him of the murders, and then he decides to commit suicide in the hotel. I was going to say in the hotel. In the hotel. Poison? I don't know. Don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So he committed suicide. Um, and that's pretty much all the, the sordid and, and I would say very haunting past of this particular hotel. Now, in 2017, it shut down for complete renovations. Okay. So they renovated the whole entire thing. It stayed shut until 2021, just last year. Mm -hmm. Now it reopened in 2021, but only as an affordable housing for the moment. Okay. So it's just for affordable housing. You can't go there and stay overnight. It's no longer an actual hotel. Um, and it has 600 affordable residential units that are available. I don't know if they're all occupied or yeah. I don't think I'd want to live there. Maybe I don't care not. how affordable it is. Uh, Even free? I yeah, right. Know. I don't know if I'd want to stay there. And they actually renamed it to Stay on Main. Stay on Main. Stay on Main. Rebranding. That's Yeah, it's all about the branding. So, <laughs> so that's the story of the Hotel Cecil in good old L.A. Yeah, that's crazy. So many <laughs> weird deaths. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, unexplainable, um, just, just, and sad too. I know we mm -hmm. joke around about it, but mm -hmm. you know, suicide, like Ari said, it's, it's real. It's, it's um, just a terrible thing for someone to have to go through. Um, and again, though, with these, we don't know. We're like, are they suicides? Were they murdered? Yeah. Uh, were they accidents? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them looked like they were running away. That's what I thought from too. From something. Yeah. So. You know, the detectives that we are, we try to figure this out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story. And and next we may talk, we're going to talk about, we have um, six other hotels that are, and there's, California has a couple, actually, which I was like, wow, lots of weird crap happening in California at some of these hotels. And then there's uh, Columbia, England as well. Yeah, so international. We'll, yeah, international. So we're going to talk about a couple of other ones at the, the next episode we have. Yep, sounds good. So... Would you guys spend a night at the Cecil Hotel if it was still open to the general public hmm. as an actual hotel? As an actual hotel. Would you guys stay? Would you stay? I don't know if I would stay. Uh, maybe if they put bars on the windows. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a, a paranormal force that pushes people out. Like, hell, you don't know what the hell's going on. It's, I mean, think about it. From the 1920s, it's been there. Yeah, that's has yep. some history. It sure does. You never know. But so yeah. if you guys would stay, let us know. Shoot us an email at hauntingsandboos at gmail.com. Or you could even tweet us at hauntings and booze <laughs> or message us on instagram at hauntings and booze or find us on facebook and i have to say i would stay for a night with or without bars really yeah i'm daring and stupid mm. but i think i would do it <laughs> i think i'd uh, stay with you just to watch over you great oh yeah thanks we'll both fall out the window great <laughs> at least we won't hit the pavement we're gonna hit something else yeah exactly a landing somewhere <laughs> we'll end up in a water tank who knows but anyway guys well thank you all for listening as always we will talk to you next week goodbye to our sweet listeners have an awesome day and don't forget you may think you're alone but, but you, you never, never really, really are. are be safe y'all bye <laughs>